Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 645 Pod. This is our podcast to help you follow Jesus, uh, most especially if you're part of our 645 community here at Christchurch. But for anyone else who wants to listen along, we hope it's helpful for you as well. Uh, my name's Simon, and I'm a ministry apprentice here at Christchurch. And like every week, I'm here with... Anton! I'm the minister for the 645 community at Christchurch Sunlights. And we hope you've been enjoying season one, where we've been looking at the different aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. Today, we're looking at love in what will be a two-parter episode. So look forward to that. Let's get stuck into it. Today we are starting with the segment called It's Nice to Have a Friend. And who are we calling today, Simon? We are going to call one of my friends, uh, Adi. He's also my friend, but he's... Anyway, um, and <laughs> we can uh, fight over friendship with Andy. If you that's like. right, I'm sure he'd love that. Yeah, yeah. and uh, he was uh, formerly a member of 645, mm-hmm. but uh, has moved on to the nine o'clock congregation. And what I'm curious about is, will you ask him about what the R and the D stand for? Uh, I, I may just. You'll find out. Okay. Well, we'll see how we go. But yes, so we're going to hear from R.D. Saunders. And so let's uh, let's go. Hello, R.D. speaking. Hey, R.D. How you doing? Hey, Simon. Oh, not too bad. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing okay. Just kind of getting through work that I have to get done for the day. For um, people wondering, what what's your actual name? Why are you called R.D.? Uh, everyone at church calls me R.D., but R.D. stands for Robert David. But um, my dad's name is Rob also. So I think when I was in school, I didn't want to be a Rob, and uh, R.D. kind of stuck. But uh, you'll probably get me answering the phone as Rob half the time. Yeah, it's very weird. Whenever I've been out with you and you introduce yourself as Rob, it's very confusing for me. I'm like, who's Rob? You're not Rob. And so you used to go to 645. Um, What was your involvement at 645 um, and how does that relate to how we know each other? Yeah, I I went to 645 after I was in youth at Christchurch and I sort of was in some growth groups for a few years and then um, got married and I was uh, helping as a community leader. And then um, I had a kid and I moved to uh, another congregation size. And I think I met you um, in a growth group. We were in the same growth group for a year or two. And then when you were leading a growth group, um, I think you were in a bunch of uh, growth group leaders in our community group. So something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. You were, I think, my second ever growth group leader. So that's cool. It's been a... <laughs> been a little while because that was a long time ago that I was just starting out in growth groups <laughs> and I couldn't drive then and you gave me a lift to every growth group oh, for the entire yeah. year which that was, was yeah that was fun and what does life look like for you at the moment as well how has how has things changed in its current state yeah um I don't know like sometimes I feel like it's it's not too dissimilar to um, life before COVID, but probably like on, you know, like a slow speed, half speed or something like that. Like the, the social calendar's empty, um, still go to work, still have a weekend, still kind of, you know, have three meals a day. But, um, yeah, there's just like more time to do random things like, uh, you know, all the house chores or, uh, you know, so I don't know, like, um, in many ways you miss catching up with people and it's hard to not see people that you want to see. Um, but in some ways you sort of, you actually talk to people more, 
because uh, you're more proactive or you're mm. phone people or you're video chat people you haven't seen in a while. So, yeah, there's little kind of nice parts to it and there's, yeah, I guess sad parts to it that you miss that you, you want to get back to when everything clears up. Mm. And so we have been kind of helping encourage each other in Bible readings for a while now. I think um, we've been doing this for four yeah, four-ish years. Um, what is it that we do to help each other read the Bible and has that been? Yeah, so it's a bit of a random one. I can't say I've ever really um, had much of a, like a consistent Bible reading habit with um, either in my own life or with like um, sort of like other Christians sort of friends or mates for like a really consistent time. So four years seems epic in comparison, but um I think we kind of, we started like catching up when you're in a community group I was in mm. and we'd sort of um, uh, message back and forth to try and uh, encourage each other about what we were reading. And at some point we started reading similar stuff. So we were sort of talking about the same passage. And um, I guess like maybe like any sort of uh, you know, human relationship is that kind of aspect of the more often you uh, communicate, the more... Uh, I guess bandwidth there is to, to talk about things and as Christians you can talk about God things uh, as well it's not just like you know uh, a mate who you know you, you do an activity with or whatever um, so we'd actually like end up talking about the Bible or what we were reading like a bunch of times a week and um, I guess it stuck as a pattern mm. so um, I know you'd be an encouragement to me when I'd skip reading for a couple of days and be like hey it'd be great to read this week if you find a chance and mm. uh, my kind of competitive nature of like, okay, yeah, well, you know, I'll prove you wrong sometimes with some motivation <laughs> and other times it was a, just a genuine kind of a good reminder. Um, but yeah, I guess along with the passage, you'd sort of share about what was happening. So um, yeah, I guess it's that giving God space to um, use other people in your life, uh, you know, your friends, your family to sort of remind you of Godly things and um, remind you that God can be speaking into your life in lots of different ways, His Word and through people and stuff. Mm. Uh, I guess um, recently it's changed a bit. Uh, I think for my whole working career, I've caught a, a train um, into the city, and so I'd have like 45 minutes each way each day to sort of do something, you know, watch TV, read a book. Um, and so I used some of that time and I got into pretty good habits of like using some of it to read. Um, but then COVID came and I'm not commuting, I'm at home. And um, it was actually like, it was better because I had more time, but I was uh, out of habit. Mm. And um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I think I, I've struggled with um, the, the balance between habit in Bible reading where you do it because you're used to doing it and actually wanting to do it because, you know, your heart um, desires it. Mm. And I don't think it's ever easy. Like you, you always have to sort of set up some sort of form of habit um, and then God sort of rewards that with speaking to you through his word, not as a reward for doing it, but, you know, like that's the way God's work works. Mm. Um, so I've kind of, I was challenged the other week by uh, Anton saying, you know, even in this COVID situation, God's the, the Lord of all the weird things that we do differently, mm. like our exercise or our family or our cooking or whatever. So I thought before I go out for a run in the morning, I'll, read the Bible kind of just to point to the fact that it's a priority and if I don't run that day who cares um, but that's something you know like um, little things like that that are reminders of prioritizing mm. something that's important yeah 
And by now it's just become a pretty ingrained kind of habit. I don't know, at least for me, where I'm like, oh, I have a message idea about what I've read today. And I kind of notice it when I haven't done it. And I find it really helpful in kind of just reading the Bible and going, oh, I have to say something about this passage to you before <laughs> I read it. And so it makes me actually go, no, I need to actually engage in what I'm reading and not just skim it and then shut the book. I actually have to write something to you first and say, yes, I got this from the passage. Not that I always do that. Sometimes I'm like, I couldn't focus today, but I did read. And that's been really helpful to kind of, you know, it's kind of almost like a combined one-on-one meetup and personal devotion. So you get your own personal time reading the Bible by yourself. Um, but it's kind of combined with the benefit of reading the Bible with someone else as well, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I think I'm reminded like when I was in um, like youth growth groups, I was always challenged like, you know, it just would be non-negotiable to sort of turn up and um, be part of the group. And I think some of that's almost like with growth groups, you, you turn up and sometimes you're not like, you're not feeling it or mm. you sort of like, you got other things on your mind, but, um, part of doing that is that you, you open the word together and you sort of, you read it in a way that you're willing to talk about it. And that's kind of, yeah, faster than just like opening it on your phone, mm. reading a passage, closing your phone and sort of going with the day. Like you, um, you give time to each other and to the word to sort of discuss it. So mm. it's not always easy, but, um, yeah, I definitely found that as well. Like, you know, someone's gonna, uh, you know, maybe ask a follow up question or yeah. maybe disagree with you. And that's encouragement to sort of see how other people are, reading the same passage mm. um, but it's also yeah a reality check that um yeah you're not just kind of throwing it away that you're actually trying to understand it and explain it to someone mm. yeah that's cool well i'm glad that we could share uh, our bible reading habits with other people maybe it encourages someone else to do the same thing and start a, a similar relationship and help them uh, in their own bible reading as well thanks for giving up some of your quiet time while joey has a has a nap um to share those things with us Nice. Good to chat. Yeah. See ya. That was It's Nice to Have a Friend. What a helpful time to hear from R.D. Saunders. Great to have him on the pod. And uh, how long have you been doing that for, Simon, the Bible reading, sharing thingy? Yeah, I um, just recently worked out that the 18th of April was the first date that we started that, so in 2016. So it's been four years of doing that, so I will definitely plan some sort of exciting anniversary celebration next year for five years of reading the Bible together. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Long time since your first date. Lovely. And uh, maybe that might be something that you want to start with a friend of yours to read the Bible together and share over Messenger what uh, what God has spoken to you through it. Mm. Cool. You have to be patient with one another. It's a good fruit of the Spirit in this one because, you know, don't always hear from each other, might might run out of time every now and again. So it's a good exercise in patience too. <laughs> but it will express your love for one another, which yeah. conveniently leads us into our discussion for today. Mm. What uh, I'll give it away now. Sorry. What fruit? Oh, let's pretend that didn't happen. Simon, what fruit of the spirit are we looking at this week? I've already said it on the podcast anyway. Yeah. Oh, this is a complete waste of time. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Well, we are looking at love. Oh, how about that? There you go. I don't know Who how knew? much of this I'm going to cut. Who knew? <laughs> Maybe I'll leave it in for the fun of it. Um, yeah, so we're looking at love today, which will be fun, and we'll be looking at it over two weeks. Um, over what? 
Over two weeks? Two weeks. Yeah, because cool. it's such a big topic. Um, we thought it'd be good to spend time looking into it in depth. So today we'll have a little chat and we're going to actually read some Bible on the podcast and just chat about it. Yeah. Which hopefully we find that's something you and I have been doing for a long time as well. Yeah, so something slightly different on the pod today. We're going to look at a small Bible passage and just chat about it. Mm. In Galatians 5.22, love is actually the first aspect of the fruit of the Spirit that is mentioned, Mm. but it's a particular type of love on view here. There are different words in Greek to uh, describe the different types of love, Mm. I guess, that we experience. Uh, There are three main words in Greek for love, or kind of four. Simon, do you want to run us through the different types? Yeah. So there is eros, which is like romantic love or desire. Um, There's philadelphos, uh, which is kind of more like brotherly, sisterly love, friendship, kind of familial. Um, And then there's agape love, which is uh, love of others for their good. Or um, Thomas Aquinas described it as uh, to will the good of another, which I thought is a great way of putting it. And in Galatians 5, in the fruit of the spirit, it's the agape word that is Mm. used to, uh, well, that's the love that's on view here. Mm. So it's that love that is for the good of the other person. Mm. So it's not necessarily the, the, uh, you know, the romantic buzz or the kind of friendshipy thing, reciprocal love. It's the, uh, it's the act of doing something for Mm. the good of someone else. Yeah. And it's interesting to note that um, when I did the little search for those different words in the Bible, it's this agape love that is quite significantly the largest used form of love in the New Testament. You get some of the Philadelphos love um, that shows up a bit as well. Um, And Eros just actually just doesn't show up according to my search, um, which is really interesting to think about. Like this agape love is the big focus on what the Bible teaches about love. That's right. Because, because it's love for others for their good. That's why we can love our enemies. For example, Mm. we don't have to like our enemies or be friends with them to love them or we can love our neighbor, even if they're a stranger, because it's showing uh, it's acting for their good, mm. not just acting out of friendship or romantic love. Mm. Yeah, um, which is really interesting to kind of think about what the nature of love is then um, compared to how many people think about it in the Bible. Like that's a very different idea of it being wholly other person-centered, willing the good of another. It's not about that reciprocity or um, the desire or the equality, it's actually something that's quite different, which I think will be really interesting to be looking into in the Bible and thinking about it compared to maybe the ideas of love that we get generally from growing up in our society. Yeah. And the multiple pop songs that I listen to as well, which I have have been restrained. I haven't quoted one just yet. I've Nearly did in about five seconds ago, but yeah. um, I'm going to hold back, see if I can... And I really wanted to reduce the amount of groans that I make in this episode. <laughs> There'll still be plenty. Um, so we are... Uh, next week, we'll have a look at more of the theology of love and mm. uh, looking at the love of God for us and uh, how we do to respond to that. But for this week, we are heading to 1 Corinthians 13. Mm. So uh, if you are sitting down or, you know, you've got a Bible or a phone handy, it might be good to uh, pull up 1 Corinthians 13. We'll have a look at that, you know, if you're doing dishes or if you're going for a jog, listen closely, but um, the Bible may be helpful for this time. Mm. Uh, Now, we uh, we've uh, this is kind of the 
often the wedding passage mm. that uh, people go to when um, uh, when they want to hear from the from the Bible in terms of love. But in terms of 1 Corinthians, it's not in a wedding context no. at all. Uh, you and I, we've read 1 Corinthians together recently, Simon. Yeah. Uh, what's the context for that, Simon, in 1 Corinthians? Yeah, so in 1 Corinthians, uh, Paul is writing to the church and they are doing a lot of things wrong and not well and their services aren't going well and they're not uh, kind of really being what the church should be. And so Paul is talking about um, gifts and unity and diversity in the body of Christ and what it looks like to be unified in Christ. And so he's kind of talking about people trying to one-up each other with their gifts or being envious of other people's gifts or using them for their own gain and being selfish. And so then this passage on love kind of follows on from Paul uh, describing how the church of God should look like, how we should use our abilities and how we should act and think towards one another. And so he kind of, it all builds towards this passage on love as he talks about how we're all different parts of the same body, how we're all useful and we're all good and we should all be using what we have and what we can to support and care for each other. Yeah, so it's a bit of a rebuke, actually, uh, as we'll see. Uh, and then he, so he rebukes someone how they're operating and then goes, no, this is the way it should be. Mm. I think we should read the passage, eh? We definitely should. So 1 Corinthians 13, starting at the start. If I speak in the tongues of men or angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Let's hold it there, I reckon, Simon, mm -hmm. and just think through that first little bit. Uh, you can see some of the gifts mentioned, as tongues and prophecy and faith and generosity. Mm. Uh, but uh, Paul's quite, you know, smacking him down a little bit in importance. Mm. Yeah, I mean, like he's saying that those things are actually worthless without love, right? Like, which is... Quite a, quite a thing to say that I feel like you can see the Corinthians are placing a lot of value on these outward and obvious gifts. But he, Paul is saying, if you're not doing these things out of love, they have zero value, which is a real smack to them if they're thinking about the gifts and not the reason that you would want to have these gifts. Yeah, or how to use them. Mm. And I think that's really relevant for us today because mm -hmm. we can be so caught up in thinking about our gifts and thinking about how we can use them or uh, trying to work out what gifts we have um, and particularly what the more miraculously gifts are. And that's a real challenge for us, I think, because uh, particularly amongst uh, our community uh, at church, we can, we can really want to work out what our gift is or what gifts God has given me and use them so that we're using our gifts to the best of what we can do. Mm. Uh, they can be such a gift focus. Mm. And kind of like a way of proving our worth, mm. right? Feeling like we have worth in our church if we have a gift that obvious, that other people see, that they know that we're gifted in that way. And we can feel worthless if we don't feel like we have an obvious gift that other people can see. And yeah. That's right. Yeah. And so, if, but in this passage, it's saying, well, even if we have some spectacular gift, then if we don't have love, then it's mm. useless, as you said. Mm. And that's quite 
remarkable that no, actually, we're focusing on the wrong thing here. Mm. What we should be focusing on is love, mm. using what we have to love others. Yeah. Uh, well, I think your reading voice is very good, by the way, Simon. Let's have a look at what uh, what that love is. Mm. So this is verse four of one Corinthians thirteen. Yeah. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Nice. Okay. It's a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It is. It's kind of quite an intimidating list if we've just read that all of those gifts are pointless if we don't have love. And then he goes on and says, this is what love is. It's quite a, it's quite a list to think about. That's right. And we need to focus again on what type of love's on view here. So mm-hmm. the uh, love in 1 Corinthians 13 is the same Greek word as in Galatians 5, fruit of the Spirit, the agape love. So it's love for the good of others, mm-hmm. doing things for the good of others. That's the type of love that's on view here. Mm. And that's really obvious, I think, in how he describes what love is like, right? But he's saying love is patient, it's kind, it does not envy, it does not boast. It's very much about how is this good for other people. It's mm. very yeah. other person-centered in how he describes what love is. It's funny, it's, it's, he doesn't say love is passionate. Mm. Like almost that's the other word that would go with yeah. love in lots of contexts, but... Uh, no, not here. It's it's uh, it's godliness that goes along with this mm. love. What do you notice in this uh, kind of list of or description of this other person-centered love? Um, one thing I just thought was interesting is a bunch of the fruit of the spirit shows up yeah. in this list. So right. patience and kindness, um, you know, and other things are kind of in the background of the other things. Um, and so that's really interesting to think about. Like maybe love is the all-encompassing concept that the fruit of the spirit kind of can bring you because all of the other bits seem to link into what this love is talking about here. Yeah, I guess that's why maybe it's the first on the list in yeah. the fruit of the spirit because everything else kind of flows from it for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. And it's very, um, like it, it, you could initially see some of it as quite passive. Like there's a lot of it's not. It's not envious, it doesn't boast, it's not proud, it doesn't dishonor others, it's not self-seeking. Like it's kind of defining what this love is in contrast to what it's not, which I think is quite interesting. Um, And actually is often quite a helpful way to define things is to kind of really scope out what it isn't. And it kind of gives you a picture of the negative space of actually what it is, Um, which just struck me then when I was looking over it. Mm. Yeah, those negative descriptions are a helpful test Mm. for us because often we can think we're acting out of love for someone but doing something Mm. bad or evil in the process Mm. and you can go oh no I'm doing it because I'm doing it out of love for you but if it's the wrong thing to do if it's against what God wants Mm. then uh, this is not the love that's on view yeah. here. It makes it very hard to fool yourself that you're doing something for the right kind of love if you read this list. And I think it's interesting in how that relates to what Paul was saying about gifts earlier and how we use our gifts. Like all of these things that he's saying love is, is the opposite of what the Corinthians are 
desiring in gifts, like they're being envious about what other people have, um, or they want fancy gifts to be able to boast in them, um, to build up their pride. Um, and so that's all, they're all kind of self-seeking things. And so it, it's not love. So Paul's saying, you have those, maybe you have those gifts, they're pointless if you're not doing them for these reasons. Yeah, so they may be doing good things in mm. using gifts, but if they're not doing it with that attitude of love, then yes, it's worthless. Mm. And maybe that's something that we need to think about in terms of when we do things, in what we do, either in ministry or out of care for someone else or in a friendship, is to go, okay, we can be doing good things, but if we're doing it with the wrong motivation mm. and with the wrong attitude, then actually towards God, it's... Um, it's not worthwhile. Mm. And it's a little bit like when we were talking about kindness the other week of like the pitfalls of being kind to other people. It's like, you know, trying to prove your worth to them or gain their love or affection. This is a really great combat to that, that problem because it's reminding you that um, these things you shouldn't be doing to get anything from them. Like it's not about your own gain. It's actually about genuinely caring for other people and desiring what's best for them. I think I was really challenged when we read through the through this passage the other week. Um, we were just talking about how we should think about this in terms of ministry, like everything we do in ministry should be out of love for people. And I just thought that was a really challenging thought to approach each thing that I was doing and go, let me just think about, am I doing this to love people? And I kind of found myself before I preached at family church a little while ago going, Lord, help me to love these people in what I'm doing, not to try and do a good sermon to look good, or even just to like teach them something well, but actually let me do this out of love for them. And that's a really challenging thing to stop and think each time you're doing something, are you doing it out of this beautiful picture of love? Yeah. It's acting for someone else's good. So is what I'm, am I doing this for, their good or am I doing it for my good and if you're doing it for your good okay well repent of that don't not do the act of love but repent of that attitude and say father help me to instead do it for the good of uh, the other person and then go do it go act for other people's good this week mm. yeah it's a good challenge. It's a tough challenge, but it's one worth thinking through. So that's the start of our discussion on love. We could really do an entire season just talking about love. I think there's so much in this topic and it's so rich and beautiful, but there it is. There's the start. And so tune back in next week for part two. Uh, we're leaving this one on a to be continued uh, ending, which is exciting. <laughs> yes. Love it. <laughs> to try and get you back again next week. Um, yeah, and so next week we'll continue this discussion um, and I'm really looking forward to, yeah, what things we discover in the Bible as we think more deeply about love. Cool. Okay, it's time for Black Space. Anton's favourite segment, my least favourite segment. <laughs> Look, that's only because of the scoreboard, which um, I should read. I thought it would be an act of love to not read out the scores here, but... I feel like for the sake of our viewers, we should, we should do it. This our is, listeners. This is not for, oh, yes, true. This is not for my good. Certainly that was a trivia question. I get a point for that. <laughs> so yes, the score, the scores are not for my good, but for the good of others. Sure. Um, uh, I'm on seven. Simon is on four. So yeah. Yep. I'm just reminding myself that I've beaten you twice at this game. So, you know, even if you win this time, we're just on an even playing field. Sure, what is? All right. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question first. Ooh, okay. 
Now, what... Um, I'm genuinely nervous. So this week, our category is things, things in the Bible. So, Simon. Yes. What physical feature distinguished King Eglon of Moab? Um, wow. I have no clue, and I am um, just going to go with his nose. No, that is incorrect. It is his obesity. Oh, this is the guy who... Oh, damn it. I know this story. The guy who got stabbed while he's on the toilet and the dagger like, goes all the way into him. Yeah. And it's, it's covered up. folds around the yes, dagger. Yes, that's King Eglon. Yeah. Who knew? Once again, that was a thought that was in my head when you asked that question. And I um, really should just go with the vibe in my head rather you than really try should. and logically yes. do the... Then you'd have more points. You should do that. <laughs> Oh dear. This is. It's not. Trivia is not fine if you're an overthinker. It's, it's quite difficult. <laughs> All right, Anton, here's your question. Uh, with what were the prophets in the book of Ezekiel plastering the wall? So it could be something dramatic like blood. I'm going to go with whitewash. You are correct. Oh, yes! Why is it when you guess, you get them right, and when I guess, I get them wrong? So, I only know, because is it Jesus describes the Pharisees as whitewashed tombs? tombs? Yeah, that was my only plastering technique that I knew of in the Bible, so... That's very distressing. That's good. Point. Ding! Great. Okay. Simon. Paul called himself an ambassador in... Chains. He's an ambassador in chains, right? Correct. Oh well my done. goodness, you are a jerk. You did such a long pause then. <laughs> well done. Point for Simon. Finally. Very good. It's been a few episodes since you've had a point, I reckon. No, I got one last episode, thank oh. you. Oh. Just I only tend to get one. Look, it's, uh, it's so few of Papa Trina. I've got another question all fun. Yes, you do. And I'm assuming you'll get this one. What did Samson eat from the body of the lion he had killed? Oh, yes. I do know this one. Yeah. Honey. Yeah, you are right. Yes. Well, that was, that was, you know, some of the easier questions that we've had, I reckon, in trivia. Yeah. And another frustrating one for me, because another one where I knew the answer and said the wrong answer. Yeah. Otherwise, we would be almost tied if I had done that two weeks in a row, because yes. I would have got both right. Yep. Totally. Lots of lots of ifs there. The worst things of being an overthinker. <laughs> anyway, uh, that is Black Space. Oh, quick uh, score check, Simon. Oh, yeah. I'm. Uh, Simon is uh, increasing. Simon's on five. I am on nine. So... Pushing double figures there. Fun yep. times. Can't wait for next week. I can. All right, that has been another episode of the 645 Pod. Thank you so much for joining us again. We really hope uh, this start of discussion of love has been helpful. Um, or maybe you're going to find someone to message each day this week and read the Bible together with. Um, join us next week as we continue to look at the idea of love. Um, we're going to expand it a bit more and keep thinking about what that looks like and the theology of love, which is really exciting. Um, as always, you can like us on Facebook. You can follow us on the eight different podcast platforms we are now on, including Spotify and Apple. 
Yay. Um, And send us messages. We really love hearing from you. Shout out to Pip, who is one of our most frequent commenters. Um, It's very encouraging to hear that you guys are listening and what you found helpful about it. Um, That's really great. Uh, And join us for Sunday services. Obviously, uh, this weekend, 6.45 service is at 6.45 on Sunday online. Go to Christchurch.com.au for all those details. We'll see you next week then. For part two of love.